Oh, I yes. thought we were done. I keep thinking no, we're no, done. No, no, no. Sorry. Almost. Okay, we're, we're almost sorry. done. Luther and well, then me. Welcome, uh, welcome to the... Am I, are you going to... Welcome to... Welcome to... Welcome to the Poet Salon, a podcast where we talk to poets over a drink we've prepared especially for them. What if it wasn't for them? It's secretly for us. So I'm <laughs> Luther Yellow Beanie Hughes. I'm Gabrielle Bates. I'm Doogee Blue Cardigan Tahat. Oh. Hmm. So proper. Hmm. Last week, we talked to Tandem Bambrick about fatherhood, Fauna and fucking. <laughs> this week we asked her to bring in a poem by someone else for us to geek about, and Tanum chose The Only Cab Service of Farmington, Maine by Aria Aber. So good. <sighs> but first, if you love us, rate us five wonderful stars and hit that subscribe button. And write us a review, please. Please. I read them every night em. before I go to bed. She I read does. them to my kids every night before they go to bed. <gasps> so keep them G-rated, folks. I read them to the mirror. Okay, buckle up, <laughs> y'all. Here we go. Boom. The Only Cab Service of Farmington, Maine by Ari Aber, and from her book, Hard Damage. He makes me sit next to him, so I inquire, as if remembering his own smallness would prevent him from violating another's about his childhood. Cape Cod, he recalls, how lonely he felt among the blue expanse each winter, longed to travel, so he joined the Marines. And I did travel, he fools, all the way to Afghanistan. When I tell him that's where I'm from, his laugh crumbles, and I'm sorry for a trembling in me or in him, I can't tell. Too chagrined to look at his face, I observed Krumholtz blurs of frozen buds. Afghans are good people, though. He disarms himself, and damn that food. But I loathe my Afghan blood, especially here, Amid snowy basalm firs and cookie-cutter houses, they saved, you know, his words butter me, my life, gave me bread, warmth, they didn't have to, bad things happened, awful things, nothing is calmer today, Kabul still mourns contaminated water and another suicide bomber, I shouldn't tell you this, but he coughs. I miss it sometimes. The provinces were so hot. It was like another planet. I will never feel at ease here. Between subalpine hills, gas stations, advertising Nest Cafe and Dove. But after eight years on the base, his voice clear as a fist. You wake up hating the person in the mirror. Now my life is about forgetting. Is memory a privilege? I couldn't. After I arrived in the States, remember a single damn village. Is it a sin then to be envious that my driver had a home in my home, yellow dust on long mountainous roads where 22 civilians died 
in the fourth attack this month for longer than I ever did. He has, I feel, estranged me. You know, I hear his heavy American voice crack like a creek thawing under a deer. It's good to be back. The unspeakable opens between us, its waters cold, full of shame, until we drift apart again, never asking for each other's names. So tell us about the poem. Why did you pick this one? I picked this poem, well, I love her book, Hard Damage, so much. It's one of my favorite books. It's incredible. Yeah, I think it's amazing. And one of its strengths that I think is specifically evident in this poem is how it uses metaphor to explain microaggressions. Um, like, my li- the line I'm thinking of is the the line where she talks about you know, his heavy American voice cracking like a creek thawing under a deer. Um, I think of that image of like cracking, I'm, I'm picturing ice, like cracking ice. Um, and the way that it feels to receive something violent. Um, and I think that her way of describing it, like as shocking as um, ice giving out under you, like if you were walking across it, I think is really beautiful. Um, and I think that the whole poem like operates around that metaphor of like the like shock of a small um, violence where you're not expecting it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think like, especially in, to the point of like the unexpected part, there's so many interrupting clauses. Yeah. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. The syntax mm-hmm. in this poem. Yeah. It's like totally like stuttering and like interrupting. And mm-hmm. like even just every time the driver speaks. Like, yeah the attribution is always in the middle of what he's saying right yeah mm-hmm. it's as if to like break up and it sort of like really reflects it feels like sort of a craftful way of reflecting that experience totally. that is sort of a stutter like wait did he just yeah. did i just how do we move like from this point <laughs> to the next thing you yeah. know right yeah um and it enacts like in as much as language can enact this the simultaneity of it you know like it's not like we get the full sentence and then begin feeling these complex feelings and um it's it's happening within that sentence and so i think she's really you know masterfully enacting those moments um it's such a complicated incredibly complicated human interaction like devastating human interaction um that she's bringing to life in this poem is just incredible that she's able to do it this clearly um, in a way that we can feel so deeply. When I think about like Duji, what you said about um, uh, how the the syntax, well, both Duji and Gabby said it, the syntax and not the, how every sentence is twerked or interrupted, I think of the word violating in the third line yeah. and how everything is violating something totally, in this poem, right? Yeah. Like the clauses are violated, right? But then also the moments of beauty are violated about moments of like violence, right? She's always mm-hmm. like like subverting a beautiful moment with like a violent act. Yeah. And so that's that to me is like so stunning to me because even the moments of violence is beautiful. And so it's like right, it's already right. like it's always like kind of undercutting um, what we think of beauty and how we think of violence and how this is a, a nice blend of violation and, and all that. Right. Yeah. 
And that like feels like it can't be separated from sort of the ultimate act of generosity of this poem, right? It's like, very generous. Yeah, so generous. Right? So it is like generous. all these like interruptions of violence and this like sort of I mean reckoning with it, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. But right. it is just like the utmost like through all of that sort of fucked upness. How can I like regrant his humanity and sort of subsequently grant my own? Like, yeah, yeah. Right? <laughs> like I feel for everyone in this yeah. poem, yeah. and I yeah, it's like I don't want to feel for this cab driver too, but I do. I can like feel his his ache and his awkwardness in this moment as well. Yeah. Yeah. And you can see the speaker like interpreting his pauses too. Mm -hmm. Like it's so smart how she does this where she says like, um, Afghans are good people though. And then there's the interjection. He disarms himself. Yeah. Um, So it's like all of his dialogue is interrupted by how she's interpreting his body language and his Mm -hmm. pauses, I think, which also tells us so much about like, the generosity and the fear and like all those things that are ex- the speaker is experiencing in yeah. that moment mm-hmm. too. Yeah. But I loathe my Afghan blood. Yeah. Oh right. My God. It's yeah. like, it's just, uh, like, I know. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It's that right. It is like, it's yeah. sort of taking yeah. in like his, it's, it's the, like he is being generous in that moment or mm-hmm. like trying to access some sort of generosity. Right, right. But like it is the, the experience of it makes the speaker like, <laughs> self-loathing <laughs> totally like, yeah it's it just so well captured and she like um when the cab driver says now my life is about forgetting hmm. then the speaker asks like themselves, is memory a privilege right. such so a it's huge like, question actually engaging with him too where it's like oh what you're saying is interesting even though what you're saying is also extremely problematic like the speaker is generous to the point to where she's like actually engaging with the problematic I think I, I think that's really strong. Yeah. And that question is memory of privilege is one that has like messed me up ever yeah. since I read it. Like it's yeah. so smart. Well, it's like the speaker is like finding kinship in that question. Yeah, right? totally. Like sees yeah. Like a similar, a parallel experience that is like, you know, something like survivor's guilt. Yeah. Right. That like that, you know, obviously the books has sort of primed us for the speaker to be sort of, it, well, is the has a relationship to Afghanistan right. that is like complicated and like not necessarily theirs, right? Um, and but that is like subsequently like the privilege of like not having to right. be there, right? And, totally, and is reckoning here with this person who is there and who under in wartime who like has managed to survive their experience there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and that seems like like again that generosity of like seeing that. Yeah, that's so cool. What is your gut response to that question? Is memory a privilege? Like, does part of you immediately go like, yes or no? Is that a question for all of us? Yeah. Or do you all think? Yeah? I think so. And are you reading it as like, because in this context, it feels very like a per, like personal memory because he's saying right. like now my life is about forgetting like yeah. what I did what I saw right and so it's kind of like his personal memory of privilege yeah. to me I so see think yes memory as like survival yeah right? like sort of having survived and like mm-hmm. living is itself like right you know the alternative is like I guess forgetting but like also mm-hmm. dying right? yeah. dying is a kind of forgetting <laughs> like well, but don't you feel like sometimes like forgetting is how you survive yeah that's what I was just gonna say is like when you have experienced trauma, like a lot of the times, like our brain responds by like forcing us to forget that traumatic yeah. thing. 
Um, and so in that sense, memory is totally a privilege. It's like a privilege of like, you haven't been traumatized. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think that could be really true. I also think I, I agree with that. And also think that forgetting is also a privilege that people can put things away totally. in their brain and forget something and forget the trauma they went through. And so I feel like forgetting is also a privilege in that way. And right. maybe, maybe it's not really forgetting, but it's the ability to try to forget. Like right. there's been years where I forgot my trauma and then I was like, Oh wait, I was traumatized. Right. Oh, I, I have to think about this now, right? So I had yeah. the privilege of forgetting that for years, where some people can't forget that for years, right? And so I right. think, I think having that question there is literally a, a question, like not to be answered because it, it can't really, right? Like this, this thing that says I couldn't, like after doing all these things, I, c- I couldn't do what I wanted to do, like I couldn't, I can't answer this question because it's just, it's just there, right? In this space with this man talking about he wants to forget things yeah. that I can't, but she's even saying remember. I couldn't, yeah. oh yeah, I couldn't remember right. yeah. a single damn village. Um, hmm. There's something so sad about this poem that I can't. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> I, I can yeah. put my finger on it, but I can't put my <laughs> finger on it. Like it's like it's obviously a sad poem, but it's it's complicated in a way where sadness isn't the first response for me. Totally. Um, I'm I'm more taken just by the interaction and the intimacy of the conversation in this cab ride, which is probably was like maybe like ten minutes max, if that. Yeah, like it's yeah. a cab ride; it won't be that long. Right. But it's so. Uh, and I'm saying I can't put my finger on why it's sad. It's because the way she talks about um, being Afghan, right? I love my Afghan blood. And then the way she talks about him being a Marine. And then and then her not saying he's American until the very end. It just feels, uh, it's not like trying to condemn Americans at all. It's just talking about what happened. And right. that, that alone feels sad that I can only talk about what happened because so much has happened in conversation. I can't. Right really reckon with what happened by only I can I can ask a question about privilege and memory but even that in itself is not enough to really like dive into the sadness of this conversation right and what, what I'm feeling in this moment and for that for me is sad right the 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 moves the the impossibility of talking about something like that with a reckoning is sad to me it's very sad right yeah. and I think that's what like I said I put my finger on it now but yeah <laughs> yeah you totally <laughs> put your finger it. on it yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, there's almost like, it's not even like, right, not even like showing versus telling, right? Yeah. It's not even that the speaker isn't saying that they're sad, but rather showing it. But there's almost an admission that the speaker can't actually access that sadness. That yeah. like they don't have mm-hmm. access to like a memory that he has. So like the sad, the same sad, like the terms of sadness are different. I There's guess like I this void of loss. Yeah, but, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And that, that and the shame of having lost it. <laughs> yeah. Is yeah. There. Yeah. And that like fundamental, like not, a, not that gap or that void, that lack thereof, like makes it harder to articulate. Mm. Right. I also love um, just the, just the line, nothing is calmer today. I just, yeah, that line. That's a very you line. It's a, I saw that. I was like, <laughs> first of all, um, I know I'm she's been like it. reading your drafts. <laughs> I'm still gonna use it <laughs> after our <labor. laughs> Um But it's so, uh, yeah, it gets to that the moment of intimacy and isolation that we we're talking about in the earlier conversation. Like, I can I can feel like they're both alone in the cab, but they're together in an aloneness, and it feels and that alone is isolating to be together with somebody that's also alone. It's still, right, it feels so. Right. Uh, different than being alone by yourself but i'm alone with you and you're also alone with me but it's still so calm like there's nothing happening around it's so calm we're discussing these things and it's like wait i shouldn't have a calm moment i should things should be happening but nothing's happening 
Yeah. And in like the larger context, there's, you know, war, which is like the ultimate right. not calmness. And right. so there's all these different, you know, levels to like the sphere that is this poem, you know, it's like the, you know, it's so loud and violent and also so, so quiet and calm. Mm. Uh, and that tension just brings so much life to the whole thing. That tension is so apparent throughout the whole book, I think, too. Like she has a line that's like, how much of my yearly tax goes to bomb the dirt that birthed me. I think that's the mm-hmm. quote. And then she has another quote that's like, what else is beautiful? My hands at the end of a day holding a cup of tea. And it's like, <laughs> how did she do that? Like, yeah. How does she have that? Con- like, it's like this intense throughout. It's like, she refuses to like, let anything be just sad or just, you know, and I think that's really important. Yeah. Yeah. And it turns up the volume on both modes, I right. think, by putting them in juxtaposition like that. Yeah. Well, and I think, like, even the way that you said that, Tainam, I find myself thinking about the difference between sadness and damage. I know, yeah, like, yeah. Like, sadness as sort of being a state of being that, like, maybe subject to change, where, whereas, like, damage is just, like, that's it, right? Like, that's mm. lasting. Yeah. There's sort of a way, like... You're right, like there's a bunch of sadness here, but it is less interrogating the sadness and more like the damage. Yeah, right? The totally. thing that gets left behind when sadness leaves. Mm-hmm. That's cool. <laughs> That's cool. That's cool. She's really cool. She's yeah. so smart. smart. Wow. She's so smart. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Luther. Shaking his head. Oh, so good. You got to get this book, Lou. I'm going to put this on a record. I have been trying to get this book. I walk <laughs> to a bookstore and it's not there. I will also say I don't order books. I just like walk into places and buy things. So I guess I could be more organized and actually order books. But also the University of Nebraska Press, you know, feel free to. I just want to this up. You know, Licks books. I don't know. University if you know. of Nebraska Press. If you if you listen <laughs> to this, I'm sure you follow me on Twitter anyway. <laughs> is that a, is that a, is that shade? <laughs> nah, it's all good. anything else about this poem that we love that you want to talk about it's pretty much time but no i'm just so happy to talk about it i just love this book so much Mm, yeah it's in quatrains you're working on a review of it right oh i wrote a review of it it. yeah it It got taken but it's not out yet so it's gonna be with a kenyan review awesome i think in the spring good yeah yes i definitely talk about this poem in my review yeah because i love it so much Thank you to Tanum for hanging out with us, reading us these sad ass poems that remind me of home. Oh, <laughs> that was real. Big gratitude to Arya Aber for breaking my heart and her sad ass poems. Oh, You're so good. We love you. And of course, big and forever ups to the flavor blue. I, I haven't had spaghetti the same since I heard this song. For the you first time. You when weren't I putting salt in the pasta <laughs> in the water first. Yeah. Um, I'm cook it proper. Most importantly, thank you. Yes, you. You. Me. The be- you no, the not hat. you. Oh, wow. You who are listening to us. With, uh, you are the best listeners any podcast could ever ask for. Truly we love you so much. Don't forget, 
follow us on Twitter at Poet Salon Pod. Send along your questions, whether they're related to poems or not. Um, send us like huge life revelations that you just had. Um, and send us like your mom's maiden name and maybe like the last four digits of your social security number yeah, to the Poet Salon the Pod. To your home. Yeah, you know, uh, bank account all, numbers, like, the usual, routing things. Like, whatever they ask for in Parasite. Childhood, like, like location. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Best friend growing up, your yeah. pet name. Usual, usual <laughs> stuff. Just usual combo <laughs> stuff. Basic shit you send to all your other favorite podcasts. Email us at thepoetsalonpod at gmail.com. Which stands for company. Peace. Bang, bang. While the world is falling, we can maintain full din origami. Making crane cranes. Got a thousand wishes on my brain, brain. I put salt in the water when I'm cooking up the pasta. Trying to keep me quiet, but you know it's gonna cost ya. Cause I cook them proper. Redder than a lobster. Go make bait, but my mama was a mobster. This gonna show you these hands Gonna take on these streets Gonna show you who's man's Cause my crew mob steady Feddy and spaghetti Feddy and spaghetti Feddy in the...